0: Good afternoon and thank you for joining me again. Julian Campbell here with Business, The Law Renew and, and another interesting show lined up. We're going to look at uh, Harvard Business Review tip later in the program. This one's looking at good listeners ask good questions. Also talking with Christina Garakaitis about the highlights from the Top Shots uh, business breakfast the other morning. But right now we're going to cross over to AV Chartered Accountants and have our monthly chat with Tony Vidray. Good afternoon, Tony.
1: Hi, Julian. How are you?
0: I'm well. Thanks for joining us again.
1: That's okay. So,
0: I believe there's a new definition of small business.
1: Kind of, <laughs> kind of. We um, we finally got some some tax cuts through uh, through Parliament after debating um, for, for many many months about cutting the the corporate tax rate and. And uh, only looking after the liberals being accused of only looking after the uh, the big end of town, um, and also yeah, a whole um, host of other things that uh, were very much on the political spectre. What was passed um, about a week or so ago now gives us clarity as to um, um, how we can look uh, at the end of this financial year and then for the next um, few financial years. So, a small business, an uh, an SME, small medium-sized enterprise, was one that was defined, used to be defined, as a company that turned over less than $2 million, okay? And if mm. you turned over less than $2 million, um, sure. you get two two things that I just want to talk about today. One is a cut in the, the tax rate. So already for the June 16 year, um, the the corporate tax rate for those small businesses was cut from 30% to 28.5%. And, and this current year that we're in right now gets cut further to 27.5%. Okay, but what was, what's been interesting is um, the small asset write off that everyone's forgotten about. Now, that was, let's go back a few years, that was introduced in the May 15 budget mm-hmm. and it was going to last for the, right up until the year ended 30th of June 2017. So we've got three months of that concession that's left. Now, when it first came in, that only applied to small businesses, only those businesses that turned over under $2 million. But what the, the, the government has achieved in the last um, week was to get that threshold of a definition of a small business increased from two million to ten million. Mm. Yeah. Now that's going to sweep a lot of businesses into that um, potential you know, net and that benefit. So that the way, what we're facing now is that if you are a business turning over eight million dollars, um, you know, under the old rules, if you bought a, a, a piece of equipment that, that costs fifteen thousand dollars you had to depreciate it over its effective life, which may be you know, eight years or 10 years or so. Mm. What happens now, and between now and 30 June, for this entire financial year, so it actually dates back to the 1st of July, oh, anything that right you've off. purchased, yeah, you get to write it off um, 100% of it. And what's, what's interesting about that as well, I'm getting some emails through from people saying oh, here's a quote for a computer system, and one of them came, came in, the quote I saw came in at like $19,600 know, <laughs> for the entire you know, upgrade of the computer system. Well, what's interesting about this $20,000 test is that it's, it's actually, you've got to look at each individual um, unit. So as a standalone um, scenario, if each individual functioning item is less than $20,000, you can write it off. So if it's a standalone computer and a, and a monitor, if it's a standalone printer, you don't yeah. have to group everything um, together. Yeah. yeah, so so for those businesses that turn over, uh, turn over under $10 million, so this year they're going to get a, a cut in the corporate tax rate um, to 28.5%, uh, um, but they're also, uh, hang on, is that 28.5%? It's actually 27.5% it's actually rather yeah. this year. New one. Um, and also they're actually going to be able to write off those direct assets um, for anything that costs um, under under $20,000.
0: So that means they can go out and buy things between, in the next three months as long as they do it before the 30th of June?
1: Yeah, that's right. So when it was first introduced um, in, um, in May 15, um, it, it had a sunset clause, a sunset date of um, the, uh, the 30th of June 2017. Now, there's nothing that I've read or nothing that I've seen or there's no hints or anything like that to suggest that that's going to be... Um, extended for, for any period of time. So we we'll work on the basis that it's going to go on the 30th of June. So, um, yeah, so things in the economy have picked up again and, and uh, generally business conditions are looking quite bright. So if there's some, uh, some, some updating that needs to be done between now and 30 June, it would be a good idea to, uh, to go and get those things updated.
0: And just as a reminder, that means that on the 30th of June or the 1st of July, it drops back to $1,000.
1: Yeah, at the moment it drops back to a thousand, and we spoke um, off air about that limit. That that small business write-off has really, you know, bounced around quite a few um, times. Times. So it started out at a thousand. It was proposed in one budget that it was increased to five thousand. Before it became um, law, it um, it it was actually brought in as six and a half thousand, then dropped back to a thousand, then. Increased to twenty thousand to stimulate the economy. When the Libs brought that in, in a couple of a couple of years ago, the Labor Party criticised it and said that's no, too low; should be should be fifty thousand dollars. So anyway, long story short, it's twenty thousand now. First of July, it drops to a thousand. So if you purchase anything over a thousand dollars, it then has to be depreciated over its effective life, which could be. Um, yeah, eight, ten years or so, so you don't get that um, that instant write off and the, and the tax benefit.
0: And uh, we've had quite a bit of news recently about the uh, the company tax rates, and you've mentioned that this year for small businesses up to ten million, it's twenty seven and a half, and progressively going down to twenty five.
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, I'll, I'll get a little bit political here, but but um, and, on, and I'll try and sit on the fence because there's obviously people who have their own views on this. Um, but when there's empirical evidence out there that when Paul Keating was treasurer back um, in the 80s, when he cut the corporate tax rate from 49% to 39%, um, it um, it actually increased the government's um, cash collections. That actually stimulated the economy. When he cut the tax rate from 39 to 36, the same thing happened. The cash collections from the government increased. When he dropped it from when it was dropped from 36 to 33, and then from 33 to 30, um, the same thing happened. So yeah. There is evidence out there over the last 30-odd years that a cut in the corporate tax rate does actually stimulate, um, stimulate, does stimulate economy and, and does stimulate um, um, business. Now, what, what's interesting about this sort of dilemma is that the government came in and announced um, last year, well last year, that they, their, their intention was to progressively cut the tax rate from 30 cents down to 25. So they started with small business, and there's a bit of an overlap. So big businesses, all companies are going to get this 25 in the you know in the next um, 10 sense. years or so. Yeah. Now there were critics against that, and for good reason. They you know they you know, the libs were accused of just looking after the the, uh, the big, big end games. of the town. But what was interesting when when Donald Trump became um, uh, the President of the United States, one of the many, many things that he said was that he wants to cut the corporate tax rate in America to 15 cents in the dollar because mm. it stimulates economy. <laughs> the economy. So, what happened then, coming back to politics here in Australia, all of a sudden they were or politicians who said, well, well, you know, we better follow suit, otherwise we're not going to be competitive with the U.S. Mm. Um, so it's a, you know, who'd be a politician? You're, you're damned <laughs> if you don't,
0: you're damned if you don't. So yeah, nobody likes you anyway.
1: 25 and, yeah, and, and, yeah, you're getting criticised that, oh, you're only looking after the big end of town one minute. Oh, no, it needs to go further. <laughs> otherwise yeah. we're, um, we're not competitive, so anyway. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Tony. We'll have a chat with you again next month.
1: Wonderful. Look forward to it.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Time to pop over to Christina. And have our chat on innovation. Good afternoon, Christina.
2: Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today?
0: You sound like you're in the next room.
2: I could be. <laughs> you're very I'm close not to sure that. where you are, but I could be. I'm you're very close. You're to over that. the
0: university sure. at the moment.
2: Yes,
0: yes. So, so we, you had another one of those exciting uh, Topshop breakfasts this week. Uh, let's yeah, have we a did. talk about some highlights.
2: Okay, so we had we were very fortunate we had Ben Cooper from a, um, a company called Tricky Jigsaw, which is a subsidiary of um, M&C Saatchi, a, a relatively huge um, advertising agency. We had uh, Catherine Graham, who's a, a local lady um, and has, uh, with her partner, her business partner and sister-in-law, created Seniors Housing Online, which has one of oh, those yes. typical um, out-of-necessity stories. And we had Roger Langston from Funded Innovation, who won a plethora of innovation awards at the AFR, um, Most Innovative Company Awards. So I thought we'd just go through a couple of highlights from Mm. um, each of the speakers. So um, Ben Cooper spoke about... uh, being totally customer-focused, so all the speakers had an emphasis on customer-centricity mm-hmm. um, as you need to have if you're going to have a successful business. Um, but, they, but Ben's emphasis was on what are you in the business of doing? So what is it that you really want your product, service, etc. to do? Even down to the point where he said, what does an iron do? It's not that it just you know irons creases out of clothes. Um, but what is it? How do you actually get to the core of the problem? And an iron does a whole lot of other things. So it it, um, it decreases the number of folds. It, um, it can be a steam effect. So it can actually wet a fabric. So what does an iron actually do? It's not just what the iron is. So he was talking about shifting the frame um, and getting to the core of the problem. We've, we've discussed before about Kodak. You know, they, were, they weren't really in the business um, of creating memories when the digital camera came out. They were more mm. concerned about being in the business of photographic mm. paper and chemicals. He even used taxis. As an example. So taxis forgot that they're in the business of taking people from A to B. The new focus for them was on the technology and how they were going to get people to pay, um, in the, in the actual taxi itself. It wasn't so mm. much about transferring customers fr- from A to B, having a great conversation, you know, making things nice and relaxed in that transfer of customer from A to B where Uber have it all over them, mm. uh, with the person of the drivers. They mm. talked about, um, new ways of reaching markets. So they've got this fantastic new, um, A product called the NRMA fire blanket, which isn't actually a blanket, but what it is is a signal, uh, and they've got these NRMA fire blankets set up at different strategic places in forests so that when a, um, a smoke signal comes off, these, it triggers these signals and what they do is they bounce it back to the fire stations and that can be investigated you know, via a drone, via satellite, whatever, to find out whether or not it is something that needs investigating. So just different ways of looking at what the potential customer needed. Catherine from Seniors Housing Online gave a, a really good example of, she was sitting down with her sister-in-law trying to find some accommodation for um, Amanda's elderly father and they couldn't find anything in the one spot and they went why can't we find information about retirement homes, about different services, about different levels of service, why can't we find it on the web? There, the business was born. That's how they, they all came about. And it's very interesting because the shift in the target market, now that it's the baby boomer um, uh, generation that are moving into these villages, the whole market's changed because baby boomers don't want safe, secure living. They want luxurious apartments. They want places where they can meet other people. They want experiences. So mm-hmm. the whole idea of seniors living is changing um, and, again, what does a customer want? Where, where are we taking this, you know? Roger Langston, Planet Innovation, I thought one of his great takeouts was don't take yourself too seriously, um, and and the diversity. So when they hire at Planet Innovation, they're looking for diversity of age, of gender, of nationality, of where, whether people um, were born in the city or whether they were born in the country. What they're looking for um, is the diversity in the people that work there, because then they get greater diversity in problem-solving uh, and what they're talking about as well is giving people the focus on a common goal. So when people are focused on a common goal, they work together regardless of their diverse backgrounds, mm. and that's where the beauty is in problem solving.
0: As, I mean, you've you mentioned three things there, which, I mean, we've talked about lots of times on the radio, and to me yep. are very obvious, like particularly customer focus. Um, yes. And yes. yet so <laughs> many businesses give out what i consider to be very mediocre or poor customer service.
2: Yeah, and they do Julian and the problem is is that we make assumptions on behalf of our customers. We think we know. I can't tell you how many times i've done investigative um, investigative work for organizations and what the what the organization assumes the customer wants when you go in and drill down and you talk to a customer or you spend some time with any one of their clients um, the whole focus is actually different yeah. to what the organization believes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the same with finding out what those needs are. Um, you know, it's obvious that if you've got the solution to someone's problem, you're going to make money.
2: But, correct. <laughs> and, and But the whole idea, too, is the intent isn't money happens as a result of the yeah. problems that you're solving. So if you come up with a great solution, the money will happen as a result. If yeah. you go in, you dig deep find out what the client wants, you don't make assumptions, you create a product or service that is of use, the money will come as a result. The yeah. whole idea is to drill down and find that missing link, as did Seniors Housing Online. Um, and by the way, they're, they're in the process of, of transferring that branding because people of the baby boomer age roll their eyes when they go seniors, because in their head, seniors is somebody in a walking frame, yeah. who, you know, who, who can't do things for exactly. themselves. And exactly. really, we're looking at the last area of their life, but... Um, you know, they're changing their name to downsizing.com, which is, mm. you know, I mean, how user-friendly is that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, you go back and uh, help our young entrepreneurs that are coming along at the university. And I will We'll have a chat with you again next week.
2: Look forward to it. Have a great week.
0: You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Got time for a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. As we said earlier, this one, good listeners ask good questions. Some people equate good listening with sitting silently, nodding, making eye conduct, and when the speaker is done, paraphrasing what you heard. But these things are only part of what makes someone feel that you heard them. The best listeners go deeper by trying to understand the substance of what the other person is saying. Doing this requires that you ask questions to clarify your understanding and push the other person to better articulate their position. Examine any assumptions they're making and see the issues in new light. You should also try to emphasise with and validate any emotions that the speaker is conveying. Once you've made sure that the person feels supported, you can offer some thoughts and ideas about the topic that could be useful to the other person. Just be careful not to hijack the conversation so that you or your agenda becomes the subject of the discussion. So that's interesting points there. And we've just been talking about customers, so let's have a look at this one. Ask customers to commit a little at a time. Closing a sales deal isn't something you should do at the end of a linear process. If you wait and ask your customers to make a purchase commitment... After you've been working with them for a while, they're likely to give you a socially acceptable rationale, such as price, which may not be the real barrier to buying. It's better to hear any objections early on, when you can still do something about them. So ask your customers to make small, incremental commitments along the way. Periodically uh, prompt prospects to confirm that they agree with the data or the objective you've cited and then ask them if they'd be willing to act on that agreement through some small action, such as sharing the information with others in their organisation. If the person commits, you can move on. If not, you should identify the objection or barrier and deal with it. As a general rule, the earlier you identify objections, the more likely the sale will occur. So a couple of interesting points there. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, that uh, new definition of small business and some highlights from the Top Shots breakfast. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to find out about the Australian Institute of Management Leadership Excellence Awards with Margot Smith from the Australian Institute of Management We'll talk about innovation with Christina and, of course, have some more legal and business news and views that may affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and, as Henry David Thoreau once said, success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle.